Today on the show, we follow up on yesterday's Glenn Merzer interview with a trivia game. And then, hot on the heels of Bill Maher's comments, we follow up on a topic we did last week as we dive back into the obesity debate. After that, we bring in our contributor Lon and his ukulele as we talk some NFL, especially the NFC North. And then Sarah's News takes us to a strange place as our resident prude says a bad word. Yes, she does. But first, let me tell you about NextWave. Yep, NextWave Services is a website design company that provides high-quality website design and maintenance work for businesses at a flat rate. NextWave was born from the idea that everybody needs access to seamless, reliable, and professional website design and maintenance service on a consistent basis. NextWave believes that their excellent track record of repeat business is proof of their commitment to delivering first-class service all of the time. Get a free website consultation when you check them out online at nextwaveservices.com. Founded way back in 1998, which is as old as the internet itself, it's NextWave Services. It's time now for the Real Men Eat Plants podcast, your daily deep dive into sports, pop culture, beer, and food, all with a plant-based spin. I'm Dee, and along with news anchor Sarah Carlson, producer Eric Rogers, and the rest, here's a man who always has a plant-based plan before leaving the house, Rich Reynolds. Hello, hello, and what is up? And welcome on into the Real Men Eat Plants podcast. Rich Reynolds along with you and along with the lovely and talented Sarah Carlson and the absolutely horribly dressed Eric Rogers today, who is in his John, it is John Deere green and urine yellow jersey of the Green Bay Packers. Uh, That's how it's going to be, huh? That's how it's going to be. I'm in my my Monsters of the Midway Bears jersey and the frat boy hat to the back as well. That's what my daughter calls it. She says, I look like a frat boy. Yeah, maybe. Um, I... I, I like the frat boy look. I don't know why she's so anti-frat boy look. And I wear it as like a badge of honor. It's like, yeah, okay, if I could look like I'm still in college, I would love to still be in college. Uh, the, those 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 were the days, by the way. Um, so anyways, find us on social media at Eric Rogers Brand is where you'll find Eric at New Sarah is where you get the talented Miss Carlson and at RMEP Rich is where you will find me and also on realmanyplants.com slash podcast. Go there, support Paul's party and us and all of that good stuff. And all of that is now out of the way. Whew. By the way, I was really liking our interview yesterday with Glenn Merzer. Um, I don't know if you guys found him as interesting as I did, but I thought that was one interesting cat. He is. He is. And he had a good humor, good sense of humor, despite what he's talking about. Because you, if you really think about what he writes about and talks about, man, you couldn't sleep at night. Um, the book the that he wrote, you are so right, right. Sarah. Yeah, that, that book I was reading through yesterday, so it's called Food is Climate. And it's only 59 pages long. It's a pretty quick read. But it gets really like scary in places at times and he's backing it up now now here's the difference between some of the stuff that al gore did in an inconvenient truth and the stuff that he's doing now is that it's backed up 
by double-blind peer-reviewed studies, and there's thousands of them. Um, and so it, it all makes sense. And then he does, though, the, the cool thing about the book is he does give a solution. So the thing that he's talking about is we could still have our airplanes and our cars and burn all the fossil fuels that we want, which there are plenty of in the world, if we would just make this one change. Our lifestyle doesn't change except for the fact that we no longer eat meat and dairy. Now, if we do this thing as a world, everything else stays the same. And when you start thinking about it that way, it's like, well, damn, all right, that's, that's a pretty good solution. The solution's right there. And we could live our lives basically the way that we've been living our lives. So that sounds to me pretty cool. I could still order the stuff. The problem yeah. is you're asking people to do something for other people. You and are. We have learned that not everybody does that. You are because, well, I mean, basically, well, we're, you're doing it for your kids. I mean, if that's not reason they, enough. That doesn't affect some people still don't care. Wow. That's the and problem. You're that doing it problem. for other people, but you you should be doing it for yourself because you care about your kids and future generations. Yeah, you know, your I mean, great grandkids are not going to be able to have any water. It, it all it all makes sense, and and it's pretty amazing. And, and there's a solution right there. And again, when you confront certain people with it, now I get it. Like my dad's 72 years old, so I tell my dad, "Hey, dad, you can reverse a lot of your heart problems right now, right the f now." All right. And there's double blind peer reviewed studies to show it. And all you got to do is just cut meat and dairy out of your diet. And he says, no, thanks. I'd rather be dead. So I understand it from his point of view. He's 72. OK, so maybe eh, he doesn't see the light at the end of the tunnel that maybe he could live another 20 years and be around for kids and grandkids and great grandkids and all that kind of stuff. He's just thinking, I've lived my life. That's it. You know, I'll, I'll go out this way. How I've always lived. I could see that from 72. But what I don't get it from is from people that are 22 or 32 or 42 that have a long way to go, that have a lot still at stake, that have their kids at home, that might have grandkids on the way. And they're saying, eh, fuck it. You know, I'm, I'm not doing any of this. And they just blow it off and they pass it on down the line. We're basically, here's the solution. We got a solution. It'll fix everything. You can live the life the way you're living it now. You could order shit from Amazon to your heart's content. Everything is good. We can still have plastics and all the other stuff. And all you got to do is just leave the meat and dairy and fish alone. And people still say no friggin' way. And... So, Eric, you're you're our youngin of the show, all right. So, so from your perspective, I'll take that. Yeah, are you? I, I mean, what 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 are your thoughts on that? Because I, I'm guessing this morning there was still some meat or dairy or something on your plate. Um, no meat or dairy today so far. Oh, okay, all the, right. Yeah. That's what I get for a that I will say, Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, here's here's the um the the thought on that is. So if we're asking people to make one change, that's it's great because we have, you know, it's outlined. It's here's the solution. Let's let's find a path to move forward. And it affects, you know, in a positive way, myself and future generations. But if you're asking people to get rid of a, you know, change their diet, you know how much people love their their food and just eating in general. And so I think there's going to people who um, are going to be hesitant to make that change and I think it's because there's that one vice, like food is their vice and they, they like to binge eat and all that stuff. And so it's like they would rather lose something else in their life than their meat 
and dairy. So, so here's the thing. Like, you so, could keep your alcohol, all right? So that that's one thing. My wife makes cookies. That would be so easy to give up. Yeah. That would be so easy to give that, up. I alcohol. think that's really hard for a lot of people. My wife makes baked goods and cookies all the time that taste as good as anything that you've ever had in your life, okay? So you don't have to give that up. And besides, you can go right, right now and grab a bag of Oreos. That's vegan. Knock yourself out, man. Oreos are delicious, okay? Been there. So you can go ahead and do that. You can eat potato chips. You, you can eat pretzels. There's plenty of snacks out there in fact doritos makes a um what is that sweet chili uh, have you ever had that one mm. that is freaking delicious by the way it's also vegan there's no dairy in that at all so um really you're talking about stuff that's not good for well, you. I, I know i'm talking about stuff that's not good for you but it is good for the environment right. All right. So, so now if gotcha, we're doing it for gotcha. other people, okay. if okay. we're talking about climate change and stuff like that, yeah, you still might be obese and you might not be feeling your best. However, you're going to save the planet. Uh, you know, so it, if you want to substitute stuff, there's stuff, stuff to substitute. Impossible burgers taste good. This vegan food that's coming along that's replacing meat or is a, a meat substitute tastes better and better every day. And then it's getting better. It's getting better. It I just think that people like Eric need to say, okay, you know, especially because you're on this show, right? Once a week, I won't eat meat and dairy. Or me, I'm a vegetarian. It's really hard to give up dairy. I just had to like sort of sneak in some yogurt before we started. You might have seen me doing that. I I have a new guilt about it, which good. I'm I'm starting <laughs> to think about going <laughs> vegan. I bought. Um, oh gosh, I can't think of the name of the product that is egg, but it's not. Yeah, just egg. Just egg. I bought a, a container of just egg. Really expensive. That's going to be a big problem. Yep. But I bought a container and I'm going to do that this weekend. Like I said, get just, it get it when it's on sale and then get it in bulk yep. um, because you can even freeze it and everything and, and it works out really well. So that's what we do. Awesome. When it's on sale, we buy a bunch of it um, and, and do it that way. But yeah, you know, there are like yogurts that you could have and they got prebiotics in it and all of that kind of stuff that are made with coconut milk and made with almond milk. It doesn't have to be, you know, cow's milk or goat's milk or something like that. Actually, I think almond milk is freaking awesome, yeah, by the way. There's, there's flax like milk now. We've been drinking that quite a bit. There's um, oat milk that you can get. I mean, soy milk, you name it. And then there's always like those those preconceived notions out there that soy somehow raises your estrogen levels and gives you boobs and all of this kind of stuff. Let me tell you. The soy boy. Yeah, it actually works the opposite way. So there's phytoestrogen in soy. And what phytoestrogen does is that it blocks estrogen from your body so actually if you want to decrease estrogen levels in your body eat soy that's that's one way to do it so um it actually can have some you know adverse effects on women and their menstruation and all that kind of stuff if you have too much soy um so that's something to watch out for but for men if you want to reduce estrogen in your body it's real simple have some soy milk or have some tofu and you're going to if you want to reduce Dude, check this out. All right, so I had heard something. Um, so plant, speaking of plant-based um, items, marijuana. Yes, plant-based. So I thought we had. I thought there was. Um, there was something I thought I read, like because it's a flower, therefore there's some like it affects your um, your estrogen levels and increases them. But now, just like Google searching that, uh, evidence suggests that marijuana can reduce female fertility by disrupting hypothalamic blah blah blah. Words I don't know. Yeah, the hypothalamus leading to reduce reduced estrogen and progesterone production. Yes. So it does, obviously it's like not great for women, but if you're a man and you're afraid of 
you yes. know, now, estrogen levels. Like it'll decrease your. The, your, the only uh, reason estrogen. why men get man boobs from smoking weed is because then after they're done smoking weed, they eat a bag of Cheetos. <laughs> all right, and that's what's going to do it. Right? I mean, that's going to do it to you. You're going to get heavy. You're going to get man boobs. It is going to exist that way, especially with with the dairy now that you're putting in your body. I mean, I once got. All right. I don't know if any of you have ever done this. Have any of you ever smoked out with your parents? Okay. I have. Trippy situation. It wasn't until I was in my 30s. But I ended up eating a whole cake afterwards. My mom had baked a cake for my... (laughs) Bro, I ate six fucking Klondike bars. (laughs) It was was my son's birthday the next day, and I ate the entire friggin' birthday cake. Uh, Yeah, unbeknownst to them i was in trouble and had to go to the store and buy a cake the next day but um it was worth it it felt totally worth it at the time but Mm. if you're wondering why you might get man boobs from smoking weed that is that is why and if you ever get a chance to smoke with your parents i would highly recommend it it's a trip uh you will have learn something every day but anyways going back to how we started this whole conversation glenn mercer was a pretty interesting cat um that we had on the show yesterday he threw a lot of facts out there that I want to quiz you guys on right now. So we're going to play a little game. We haven't played a game yet this week, so it is game time on the show. I'm hoping I have everything working, including our game music and everything. You guys have your notepads ready and all set to write on? Okay. Now, Glenn threw a bunch of facts out there all about tying in food and climate so basically the methane that cows make the dung that they produce um ruminants by the way everybody's always been worried about cow farts it's actually cow burps that are actually much more toxic than cow farts yep um i mean there so he threw a lot of facts out there real quick okay so we're going to quiz you on those and see how much you were able to retain here's how the game works everything is a number between one and a hundred that is what you're guessing the closer to the score you get the better your score you would lowest score is going to win the game and then if you get it right on the head so if it's 25 percent and you guess 25 you're going to get a minus five reduction so it gets you an even lower score if you can nail it Right on the head. Everybody good to go? Sarah, I think, leads in the all-time series one nothing. <laughs> oh, this is how we're doing it. Okay. <laughs> so I do. Yes. Proudly. Coming for you, Sarah. All right. Time for Eric to catch up All or right. Sarah to start putting distance between herself and Mitharaja. Okay, here we go. Question number one. Transportation exhaust is responsible for what percentage of of all greenhouse gas emissions. All right, so this is cars, trains, planes, boats, all of that kind of good stuff. Transportation exhaust, responsible for what percentage of all greenhouse gas emissions? All right, we're setting a baseline here because I think everybody thinks that this is what is responsible for most greenhouse gas emissions. Answers are locked in. Sarah, what have you got? Sarah's going with 20, 20 percent. All right. Mitaraja, 76, kind of like would defy the reason that we were talking about food as climate in the first place. Transportation exhaust, by the way, is responsible for... 13% 13% of all greenhouse gas emissions. Damn, Sarah's got a very early lead. 
as um, Eric is in a bit of trouble right away. Holy, it's fine. Holy cow, 63 right there for you, Eric. That's not so hot. Okay, question number two, moving on. Livestock. So this would be cows, pigs, goats, sheep, stuff like that. Anything that is considered livestock. Oh, chickens would also account for this. Livestock and their byproducts. All right, so byproducts would be burping methane, farting methane, poop that ends up in the water, urine, all that kind of stuff. All right, livestock. Yeah, 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 yeah. Sarah, you like poop. <laughs> let's let's not. Uh, yeah, let's not front here, Sarah. Uh, livestock and their byproducts account for what percentage of greenhouse gas emissions? Cows, pigs, poultry, fowl. All of the stuff associated with them, their byproducts, account for what percentage of greenhouse gas emissions? Bump, bump. All right, so we know that transportation was 13%. What about for the aminals? Sarah, what did you come up with as your answer is locked in? I wrote some things next to it. 85. Sarah's going with a very high number of 85. Eric, what you got there, man? Not as high. 69. He's doing it. Yeah, he's Always. doing it just for fun, I think, for that one. <laughs> <laughs> the actual. The, what do you, you mean? Know, and you guys could always give your reasons behind this, too. You don't need me to cut you off all the time. But the livestock and their byproducts are responsible for 51, 51% of all greenhouse emissions. Now, this is kind of funny because if you think about it, we're always told that it's transportation and fossil fuels that's really fueling climate change. But over half of all the gas emissions are from livestock and their byproducts. So how do you like that? Okay. Question number three. I'm trying to add up three. my here. Yeah, you might as well do it as you go along, too. I'm trying to do the math, but I'm pretty bad at it. Yeah. I got you, Rich. All Put right. On question three. We're almost halfway there. Methane has a global warming potential. How many times that of carbon dioxide? So basically, methane gas... How many times mm. worse is it in the environment than carbon dioxide? It's a number one to a hundred. Methane, oh, global warming gosh. potential, how many times worse than CO2? But it's a number between one, one and a hundred? Sarah with a puzzled look on her face. Eric wrote the number down quickly. All right, Miss Carlson. How much worse is methane I, I than uh, CO2? She says it's 10 times worse, which is a lot. 10 is actually a lot. Mr. Rogers. I thought, I, I remember Glenn saying this, but I don't remember what the number was. So I, I don't know. 20 was a number. Both of you are kind me. of mistaken on this one. So it's going to hurt you equally as bad, although it's going to hurt Sarah nice. worse. Methane is oh, 86 no. times worse than CO2 in the environment. So uh, there you go. We are on to question number four, growing feed crops. So this is now food strictly grown for animal consumption. This is not human consumption. This is the, the corn and soy and alfalfa that livestock eats. Okay. So growing feed crops, food strictly grown for animal consumption accounts for what percentage of all fresh water that is used in the United States. So how much water does it take to irrigate, 
and water these feed crops. All right, accounts for what percentage of percentage all water, of water that we use in the U.S.? So that includes like your showers, your drinking water, uh, stuff to flush the toilet, all of that kind of stuff. So of all the water we use in the U.S., how much of it is used for growing feed crops? All right, are we locked in here? I hope that question makes sense. Sarah? It makes sense, but I have no right. idea what I'm talking about So she about throws here. up 73. And Eric, what have you got there? Yep, just as puzzled. 47. Eric, I like this. He's getting back in the game now. The actual oh, percentage no. is 56%. So 56 is the number that we were going for there. So there you have it. So... Oh, Lon just actually joined us. Lon, I'm going to mute you for a second, man. Or can you mute yourself? Because we got a bit of a... <laughs> there we go. Lon, Lon's ready, by the way. We're going to have Lon Tremaine Woodcock joining us in a little bit. I think I was supposed to send him to the green room, and I, I mishit a button. So um, hang in there, Lon. We go to question number five right now. Question five. Emissions for industrial agriculture are projected to increase by what percentage by 2050? All right, so we already know the emissions now, and they account for 51% of all emissions. How much are they going to go up, though, by 2050? What's the percentage that it's going to go up in the next, oh, 30 years or so? Kind of a tough question, weirdly worded, but... Yeah, that's yeah, a this hard one's one. pretty hard. Glenn was talking about it, though, so by the time we hit 2050, how much worse, basically, is it going to be? Sarah thinks it's going to be 35% worse. Eric Rogers going with? Uh, it was very similar. 25. 25. Of you are going to like this. The actual answer is 80. 80. 80% worse than what it is right now for industrial agriculture. So the emissions that is generated by that. Are you going to show this to him? Because then we're going to Our actual like, quiz? You know, like you weren't we paying weren't attention? Seen... No. It, the thing is, he threw so <laughs> many facts out there that it was impossible to, to pay attention True. to all of them. All I know is that my head was kind of swimming by all of the facts, and I had to go back and read it and, and go through the transcript and all that, and uh, there was a lot. That's why yes, you buy exactly. the book. Yep. The good news is my number right now, my total score is wow, higher than it nice was last year. So. <laughs> no, you want yeah, lower. <laughs> I know. I'm just... lower, man. He knows. He knows. We're he wasn't smoking before direction. the show. So, uh, And, again, the, the book is by Glenn Merzer. That is M-E-R-Z-E-R. It's called Food is Climate. Uh, buy it today. It's actually pretty cheap and a quick read and a lot of good stuff in there. Okay. Last question here. Question six. The final one that we got. Industrial agriculture is responsible for what percentage of U.S. water consumption? Now, this is different than feed crops. So we already had the question about feed crops. So now this means, too, we're accounting for the water that cows, pigs, chickens drink. Okay? So industrial agriculture, not only all the stuff that the, the livestock drinks, but also all the stuff that it takes to water all the crops. So we already know that that was 56%. Now, if we add it in, all the stuff that cows and pigs and chickens are drinking, what percentage of U.S. water consumption does industrial agriculture use? All right. So Sarah's going to go with 72% from industrial agriculture. Mr. Rogers. 
77. Very close. Okay. Wow. So we knew that 56 was the actual number for feed crops. When you add the animals in, 90% of all U.S. Oof. water consumption is consumed by industrial agriculture. Now, if that isn't scary, I don't know what is. So I know that there are people that fight for fresh water out there and for fresh water around the world is really kind of a scarcity. One of those people is a football player. J.J. Watt is uh, one of those guys that fights for fresh water consumption and gets fresh water to people around the world. I think Bono's involved in that. And um, there, there are a lot of people that are out there doing that because it is such a problem. If you would stop the industrial agriculture, we would have 90% more fresh water. I think there'd be plenty of water. Well, and he would know, too, because he, he did, actually. Yeah. And so um, JJ, JJ does Watt. have, you know, some definite uh, background in it. Okay, so the math is not done yet. Should we, we give the, the final tally during the news? Are you cool with that? We'll do it during the news segment. All right. So we'll sure. wait till the news segment. We can hang on, on to that. that. And so quickly, I wanted to circle back to a topic that is kind of related and what we had touched on. And the reason why we're going to touch on it, was it last week we were talking about the obesity epidemic in the United States and the numbers that were kind of scary. So like if you took everybody in the U S that's an adult. So, and actually they use the number 20 years old and over. All right. Out of all those people in the U S 73.6% are either obese or overweight, and the obese rate was right around, I think it was 42%, something like that, or 44, I forget, it was 40 to 44, somewhere in there, so that's why 42 is kind of shot in my head, and so lo and behold, I wake up this morning, and Bill Maher is in a bit of trouble, and Bill Maher, if you ever watch his program, I think he's actually brilliant, I, I think the guy has a lot of great ideas if you watch him on HBO, and Bill Maher has always come from a place of, you know, being left of center, but he's not like so far left that he's wacky. It always seems like he's just left of center. And some of his ideas are even libertarian. But he's in trouble now because he was talking about obesity. And what he was bringing up was the difference between what obesity used to be, all right, and, and I'm talking about like 10 years ago obesity and what it is now. So 10 years ago, we were told don't body shame people, all right? And we're all fine with that, right? Does anybody object to not body shaming? I think we're all good with, yeah, okay. We, no. We're not going to set out to hurt people's feelings for being overweight or obese. So not body shaming's cool, all right? But where he thinks that the problem lies now is that we've gone from not body shaming to actually celebrating obesity. And so one of the issues that he was talking about is there were people, so say like he, he pointed out this, the Sports Illustrated swimsuit issue. And in the Sports Illustrated swimsuit issue, they've always had supermodels. Now, I remember as a kid, the first time I subscribed to, like, Sports Illustrated was 1983. And one of the first issues I got was the swimsuit issue. And Paulina Porzakova was on the cover. And if you don't know her, look her up. She was amazing. She married Rick Ocasek from The Cars and supermodel. Beautiful girl. Okay. And then Elle McPherson was in that same like spread. El McPherson is known as the body. All right. So the celebration was always of this ideal body for women to have. All right. And so there's always been kind of like a backlash against it. Well, real women don't look like that. So now Sports Illustrated, if you looked at their cover, I think it was this past year, and a lot of the models that are inside, they are technically obese. All right. Or, or what some wow. might call hey. healthy. 
Okay, now I have to yes. I have to chime in here. So as someone who I've been fit and smaller most of my life, um, I'm lucky because my it's partially my genes. Also, I like to run. That's just who I am. I agree, though, that we went too far and still do in our country and maybe our whole world, looking at what a woman a woman wants to look like. That that culture is so unsafe and unhealthy for young women, especially to want to be so thin and look so perfect. And that's who you used to see. It sounds like I don't know much about Sports Illustrated issues, but I know certainly back in the day they were all probably. We have talked to two. Yeah, seriously. we've talked to two so, women on this show. Doncy Bausch, who won an Olympic silver medal and was an eight-time yep. U.S. champion, yep. who dealt with anorexia, and then we talked with Alexandra Paul from Baywatch who was Stephanie on the show, and she dealt right. with bulimia, eating disorders that women have had trying to look like, like Barbie dolls. I get that. Correct. But the issue is, the issue is, there's something in the middle there, too. When we do look at models, that's not what we look like, women. <laughs> Anybody. Nobody but, looks like that. Um, I, I think you have to understand you, that. You can Isn't take it, that too far and say unhealthy. We, should, we shouldn't celebrate unhealthy. We should celebrate something, something that's in healthy. the middle. And there are a lot of, I think, I think there are a lot of companies that have done a good job with that. Um, it might be Dove Skincare, Jockey. A lot of their, you know, when, when you go to order, you go online, you see women who look okay, normal. Okay, so, so normal, normal, I Just don't know normal. if I understand. Let, let, can we at least agree on this? All right. Obese and like morbidly obese. I don't know if they call it that anymore. I think it's significantly obese is the actual term. Obese and significantly okay. obese is not healthy. Uh, can we, all right, we, we can all Correct. agree with not that. healthy. Okay. And that's it's, not right. what, right. And that's not what we want to see because we also don't want our young people to think that's what we are striving to be or that. that right. None of us would want our be. kids there, but I don't want to see. Oh gosh. The worst thing though, the, the, the two terrible I, ideas show, uh, show us that obese is the usual or the normal, mm -hmm. and that's not going to help. And show me a woman who looks like she needs a sandwich, and that's really not going to help. There here's, is a middle Here's ground. the other thing on that on that topic, though, is so I've come from you know a, a career of like fitness industry and working at gyms yeah. and friends who are personal trainers and all that, and people who have competed in bodybuilding, figure competitions and shows, and every single one of them will say. You know, that what you see on stage, like super cut, like dehydrated, like super lean, that's not an attainable, healthy weight either. So that's pushing the body to the extreme to see the muscles. That's fine. Like that's what they're doing it for. And it's not like an attainable, well, think, healthy I, weight yeah. to be at all the time. So that's we've, we've got a I, severe I think what Bill Maher was, was bringing up, well, I think he was just saying that. like, hey, you know. In being overweight a little bit or something like that, we all get that. That's where a lot of people are at. Celebrating it, though, is something different. And now when you're actually putting it out there saying this is the new ideal and the new ideal is showing Victoria's Secret models that are very heavy. Um, and I, I couldn't believe it. I, I hardly ever go to the mall. But the last time I was at the mall and walked by, I used to love and like. Okay, I walk by Victoria's Secret, you look in, and you see the pictures and, and the stuff that's being modeled, and you're like, oh, yeah. You know, I, I like just walking by the Victoria's Secret store. The last time I walked by, I'm like, what is this? Um, the models and the posters, huh. I mean, were of obese women. 
And I was like, holy crap. Now, I, I think that we've gone too far. It's, it's different than, you know, I, I get maybe you don't want to put models up there. Maybe they're not like supermodels like Elle McPherson or something like that. But the thing is, are we, do we really want to celebrate heavy? And the other point that he makes is now the body shaming that's happening is happening to people like my wife. My wife, who will go to work, and she's petite like Sarah and is athletic, my wife will get shamed by the other women at work who are not petite and not athletic um, and will make fun of her for being so. Like you say, Sarah, that you know, there's some women that look like they need a sandwich. That's what they'll tell my wife. And my wife is not even close. Like you can't see my wife's ribs. She doesn't look unhealthy. She looks healthy and fit. And I think that that's great. But she'll get shamed. And what Bill Maher was saying is that he, he points out Adele. <laughs> That's, Isn't it weird? That's uh, so freaking uh, stupid. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. You, you <laughs> eat something. Eat a sandwich. They'll, they'll throw cake in her face and stuff like not literally, but they'll pass it by her face and then and then not give it to her. People have just no idea what a what is normal anymore, and it's like everyone wants yeah, to be represented. Fine. And every, everyone, right? And, and representation is great, but maybe fine, representation shouldn't be representative of an unhealthy segment of the population. Maybe we shouldn't celebrate that, nor should we shame people. And Bill Maher makes the point of Adele. You can't show right. people smoking Adele anymore. Adele so actually at one point was heavy. Now mm -hmm. Adele's not. She lost weight. Adele has. She does, and I'm she sure she's so healthier, happier, and she's right. taken a ton of shit over losing weight, which should be celebrated. Like, good for you, Adele. Great. You look awesome, girl. Go get it. You know? Um, yeah. And by the we way, love you no matter who you so are. Much, she didn't lose so much weight no. that she looks unhealthy. Yeah. Again, there's that balance. She doesn't look she like a refugee great. or something like that. She looks like she's eating healthy right. and living a healthy lifestyle, and good for her. Let's celebrate that. It also means, like, hey, if she can do it, maybe we can do it. Maybe there's a way to do it. Um, whatever. We try to, you know, at least um, espouse the eating the plants way as a way to do it. But, uh, you know, there are other ways to skin a cat, which I always thought was one of the weirdest things ever to say. Um, because I don't know how these, you know, well, you know yeah, also <laughs> really screwed the pooch on that one. Right? Skinning cats and screwing pooches, neither of which is good. So, um, okay, uh, why don't Who we knew? do this? We're going to go and talk some NFL right now. It's our NFL preview. We're going to bring in a contributor, Lon Tremaine Woodcock, who is going to join us and talk to us about his favorite team which i'm not sure is anybody else's favorite team but um, we're going to do a little preview because the nfl is back with preseason football and then after that we'll do sarah's news so stick around don't go anywhere keep it right here to the real men e-plants podcast all right, I've got something that I think is pretty cool to tell you about right now, and that is our partnership with Paul's Party. That's right. The Real Men Eat Plants podcast has teamed up with Paul's Party, a charity that funds FUN, and that's F-U-N, all capitalized, for kids with physical disabilities. Now, here's how it works. Just go to our website, realmeneatplants.com, and click on the link for our Paul's Party fundraiser. All through the month of August, we are splitting funds 50-50, with this awesome charity. Your contribution of six bucks will help pay for the costs of our very fine podcast, as well as raise some serious coin for Paul's party. Now, Paul was a great kid who passed away at the age of 15, but his mom wanted to remember him by having a party on the anniversary of his death to help raise money for local charities. Well, they ended up bringing in over $15,000, and with that, a new 501c3 was born. 
Paul's party does some amazing events like Paul Palooza, which is Sunday, August the 28th at the beautiful Wisconsin Brewing Company in Verona, Wisconsin. Yeah, there's going to be bands there all day long, great food, and some delicious Wisconsin Brewing Company beer. You got to like that. Now, I would like to present them a big, fat, oversized check with a generous donation courtesy of our podcast subscribers on that day. Again, just go to our podcast page on realmeneatplants.com or click on the link or go even to patreon.com and type realmeneatplants into the search and give today. Thank you so much for your support and a special thanks to Kathy, Paul's mom, for making all of this possible. Ah, the testosterone is flowing around here. Yeah, it is football (laughs) season. Preseason football is back. There was some on last night. I think the Hall of Fame game was last weekend. But we get geared up around here for football, especially in the Midwest, because we don't have anything else to live for except for football. And so that is just how we do it here. And we're very excited to talk some NFL as we also will bring in for the first time a contributor to the program we've highlighted him he was in our first show episode 0.0 with an awful audio sound from him but he is back and he is ready to go as a lions fan please welcome in lon tremaine woodcock hello lon <laughs> represent, represent lon the lion. the lion oh my goodness uh that's actually a good <laughs> a name name for a lion so not only do you have the jersey on you got like lion headgear what the hell is that thing on your head man it's like simba costume or something what is it <laughs> it's, it's uh i busted out during usually draft time but you know it was a. Uh... It was after the Lions won their uh, big Minnesota game last season when they broke the losing streak, and I'm like, <laughs> I, I, I'm all in on Dan Campbell. Let's rock this Dude, boat. he's a great – I love him as a coach. All right. He's a guy that you'd want to play Dan, for. Now, now, hold on a second he's, because – He's a dude. He's a douche. I, I mean, when, when I look at Dan Campbell, <laughs> all right, I, I, I'm not – buying it man and i'm not sure if his team buys it either this guy was talking about biting kneecaps at his opening press conference dude's crazy when i heard dan campbell do that i mean there was that was such a testosterone field speech that it made me want to throw the pads and i don't want to put the football pads back on but i've heard that speech given by so many coaches in my time playing and like going to combines and all that and they will say some of the most ridiculous testosterone fueled shit because they are just running off of pure estrogen at this point. <laughs> like, unfor- believe it or not, that Dan Campbell speech is actually one of the more tamer speeches that, like, high school style. Oh, yeah. Coach- coaches in the college are giving to young athletes. It is true, and Eric and I have called football games together on TV. And Eric, what, what I'm wondering, did you play high school football? I never played football. You never so played football. Okay, so I did. I got proof of it right here. There's a high school picture of me after a game there with a couple of buddies and some random kid who I have no idea who is in that photo. It's taken so long ago that picture is in black and white. I shit you not. <laughs> if you, you could see it on, on YouTube, I'm pointing at it right now. But it's been a while since I played football. But there's one thing, and I, I will give you this. Coaches will give speeches and you do want to put the pads on and hit. There's something about, though, hitting and being hit that at times 
feels good. Now, after practice and like hours later when you're all bruised up and you're not feeling uh, all so hot, it's like, why the hell did I just do that to myself? But there is a time when you're all padded up and you got the helmet on and you're hitting someone where you're like, damn, this feels freaking good. Let's go. You know, like you really want to be there and be engaged. And I, I give Dan Campbell that he is that guy. Like, he played football for, I don't know, 11, 12, 13 years, something like that. He was a tight end in the NFL. Dude looks like Goldberg. If you remember Goldberg, yeah, the wrestler, he's he ripped, man. Dude is yoked. And, like, his neck muscles, shoulder muscles, I mean, dude's ready to throw down. He's got big-ass biceps. I mean, he, he literally hopped in on the workouts with him at practice. I'm like, damn, he's just, like... I'm afraid he might suck it as a tight end and push up. I think the show. he can. I like, uh, you, like the and you're talking about, yeah, like, like hard knocks. You're, you're talking about dude was doing up downs with his team. Now, I, you know, as you see him do it, if you don't know what up downs are, you kind of run in place and then you go down to the ground, like flat ass down to the ground and then pick yourself back up again and then go down and up. And this up downs is basically what you're doing. One of the classics that uh, when I was talking about the coaches that'll give speeches, one of them was our defensive coordinator back in high school, and he was ridiculous with the speeches. He would go on these huge, pissed off speeches to the point where he'd be like, "Sorry, <laughs> and his classic thing that he would always do as a defense is if we did something wrong, if we did something right, he'd always go, "All right, get him chopping," and we'd have to get our feet chopping, and we'd do. An insane amount of up downs. We average at least two hundred up downs of practice. And the thing is, because that was like good. You know, the, the the thing about football is it is a long up down session. That's what happens. You chop your feet, you get knocked on your ass, and you get back up, or you knock someone else on their butt, and you get back up. That is football. You should be doing up downs. Uh, you know, that's what it is. But Dan Campbell's out there doing up downs with his team, and I'm thinking, okay, one is if I'm on the team, I'm thinking, okay, kind of cool. Coach is doing up downs with us. But the second thing I'm thinking is, why isn't the coach coaching? Like, why isn't he watching who's doing <laughs> yes. the up-downs well and who's not and getting on someone's ass for not doing up-downs well? He can't do that if he's doing the up-downs with the team. And so I do think there has to be a point where Dan Campbell has to say, you know what, maybe I shouldn't be doing the drills with the guys. Yeah, people maybe I don't, should be coaching yeah. the guys. He's he's definitely not short on passion, that's for True. damn sure. I think that, yeah, it's just – it's just learning the ropes as a head coach of like where do you meet where's the median between passion and professional and head he coach. was because he's definitely he was trained coach. by Bill Parcells and Sean Payton okay these these were the guys that that Whew. he's trying to emulate I'm guaranteeing you Bill Parcells and Sean Payton were not doing up downs with their team all right there's just no way that they were doing the up downs and so um yeah anyways uh, we'll we'll get to he hard might be now. that guy who just uh who cannot get you know stop talking about the old days when he played so he doesn't want to give it up so he's just you know he's kind of caught in between coaching. he I is mean, yeah yeah and like in bill Bar parcel's case like if you're the man that coached lawrence taylor you don't need to do up downs with the team at this point true <laughs> like Ooh. True. Very true. So um, I do want to get into this a little bit. I understand why Eric Rogers is a Packers fan. Eric Rogers is from Wisconsin, grew up in Wisconsin, lives in Wisconsin. All of his friends and family are probably Packers fans. Eric Rogers is a Packers fan. 
I grew up in Chicago during a time, especially when the Bears were good. They did the Super Bowl shuffle. They won the Super Bowl. They were kicking ass. They won the division like five years in a row. I mean, they were a good football team. Mike Ditka was the coach. I'm a Bears fan. and You're not going to break that from me just because I live in Madison, Wisconsin now. Now we have Lon. Now, Lon... I don't understand why you are a Lions fan. Now, Lon is our resident Sherpa. He is Tibetan by nature. And haven't you always lived in Wisconsin? Aren't you from Stoughton? How the hell does anyone from Wisconsin? Now, I, I can understand if you chose a team like, well, I'm a Patriots fan now, or I'm a Cowboys fan, or at least a team that's got some kind of winning tradition and some kind of national following. You've chosen the team that probably has by far the worst culture of winning in NFL history. How the hell does that happen, Lon? Well, you know, playing for Stone so long, you get used to losing. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So it's a very funny, dismal story, I guess is how I put it. Because uh, when I first started playing football, it was because I wanted to be like the other kids in class. I see them walking around with their jerseys, and I'm like, "Those are the cool kids." So I go and do that. Exactly, and I was huge for my time. I was like this size as like a fifth grader, and I just haven't grown since. So I go and play football, and I'm just playing defensive tackle pretty well. And I'm like, okay, I'm finally fitting in. I found my thing. I love playing football with the boys come fall. Okay, well, that's my first step into the sports world. Now I've got to do the whole picking a team thing because everybody's got their favorite NFL team, people walking around. Why didn't you just pick the Packers? Everybody had to be a Packer fan, right? Because, and I'll tell you why. I said to my dad, I'm like, all right, I need to pick a favorite NFL team. And he's like, okay, well. I guess you're just going to have to watch a game and figure it out. It is week 12 of 2009, Thanksgiving. And so, of course, we turn on the game, and it's Packers at Ford Field. And as soon as I click the channel, the very first thing I see is Detroit nearing the goal line and Matt Stafford whizzing it to Calvin Johnson into the side of the end zone, and he just does this amazing acrobatic catch. And I'm like 10 or 11. And I go, that was the coolest football play I've ever seen in my entire life because Calvin Johnson. Megatron was good. And exactly. And uh, and I said to my dad, I'm like, that was awesome. I like these people. That guy that threw the ball, that's the coolest guy I've ever seen. And my dad's like, <laughs> my dad's grown up and is a Saginaw, Michigan Okay, okay. all right. He so knows the Lions. kind of tie-in. All right. And now it makes <laughs> more sense. Okay. All right. Because otherwise I would that's think your dad would want to kick your butt. You. Yeah, like. Well, no, the funniest part is he tried talking yeah. me out of it. Hell yeah. He, he, go, he goes, are you sure? He's like, <laughs> he's like, that's Matt Stafford, the rookie. I go, he's awesome, isn't he? He's a rookie. <laughs> and I go, I know, and look how awesome he is. And so I was just hooked. And obviously I had wrestling practice that night because Stoughton is much more known for their wrestling mm-hmm. than football. So we would have practice on holidays, even as like little kids. So it's Thanksgiving, and we got practice that night. I didn't get to stick around for the whole game because I had to go to practice. I didn't get to see the part where the Packers blew them out by, like, 21 <laughs> points after the first quarter. Right. And so from then on, I'm like, Matt Stafford's my boy. Calvin wow. Johnson's 
Megatron. I tried talking yeah. my son out of being a Bears fan. He was born in Beaver Dam, Wisconsin. He's lived almost his entire life right here in the state of Wisconsin. My daughter was born in Columbus, Wisconsin. You know, they're Wisconsinites, born and bred. But, yeah, my, my son is, is a Bears fan, and I tried to get him out of it. It's like, dude, you could be rooting for a team that has had Hall of Fame quarterbacks for the last 30 years. Nah, he, he didn't have any part of it. So, Well, here's the other thing, Lon. So you realized, obviously, like they, they had lost the game. Um, no Matt Stafford anymore and no Megatron anymore. You you have the option. Yeah, to you could have changed. Like, yeah. That's allowed. No, nope, I'm in too deep. I'm in too deep. <laughs> Way too deep. That now. lion's mane on your head well, is every bit the cheese that goes on it, the head of Packers fans. I mean, it it is that. You you realize that, right? It was. Oh, exactly. I mean, exactly. Packers can yep. have cheese heads, and I yep. love my lion's mane. I uh, my football number in football. They said, "Wow, what number do you?" Ninety. Without a doubt, I'm defensive tackle for the team. Give me number 90. Ndamukong Sue is like my childhood hero. Stomping oh and all. That's that explains a lot. About. That's my man. He used to oh stomp God, Jay Cutler, stop. like literally stomp Jay Cutler after plays. Did the same thing he to the did. Packers. Yep. He was like, he's one of the dirtiest oh, players yeah. of all time. Everybody's like, I remember, and it just tells you how much you got going on in the Midwest because people are getting genuinely <laughs> mad at me that I love Ndamukong Sue. They are messaging me saying, how can you idolize this guy? And I'm sitting here like, bro, he is playing some straight 80s, 70s and 80s bad boy football, and he is just not caring. He And the, my favorite thing is Howie Long is saying, I love Ndamukong Sue. I love what he does. The only critique? Maybe just be a little bit Maybe. more discreet yeah, You about know what? He's, he's not <laughs> as dirty as Charles Martin. May Charles Martin rot in hell for eternity. That's how I feel about Charles Martin and that play that he did on Jim McMahon that cost us a Super Bowl. Yep. Um, he can rot in friggin' hell, that dirty, dirty bastard. Okay. Um, Lon is here. And for those of you that missed the 0.0 episode, Lon is Stella Adler trained. He has been to Second City. He is a very talented guy, and he's got a song for us on his ukulele that he has brought. And, uh, you know, I first saw Lon doing the uke when we were both working at Arby's as um, he was my manager, basically in charge of the store, and I was a district manager. And Lon's taking ukulele lessons online. And so now... I'm hoping he has perfected it. You got a little tune about the Detroit Lions who opened their preseason tonight. Lon, what is this song called? Oh, it's a little ditty I threw together called Love Lovely It. The uh, official color of the Detroit Lions, and it fits in with a ukulele as well. See, Lon is clever. That's why we have him here. So, um, Lon, you all set to go? We're, we're putting you on the spot right now. Yeah, this is going to be my first time ever the, doing a song like this at all. This is so the debut of Honolulu Blue. Lon Tremaine Woodcock. Go for it, man. All righty. Matt a traitor. Tom Brady's a football deflator. <laughs> Detroit Lions, what are we gonna do? When Buff 
thrills for a game of two. We gonna be Hamaloo. Coach Campbell is the man. Biting kneecaps is his diet plan. <laughs> The debut of Honolulu Blue from Lon Tremaine Woodcock. Well done. Excellent job, Lon. <laughs> and, and let's talk a little bit about Hard Knocks. I, I tasked you out to watch Hard Knocks. The Detroit Lions are featured on Hard Knocks. What did you think? Because, you know, I, I wrote down some things. I loved, and I think Aiden Hutchinson, who sang Billy Jean, and the whole team was singing along with, I found myself singing along with it, mostly because I think Aiden Hutchinson sings like you. <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. I mean, the, by all means, I am in no way, shape, or form a singer. But the one thing my dad was telling me, because you know he used to, he loves karaoke, and he's from like Saginaw, which is like ghetto adjacent in the rough spots. Like, but he said singing isn't That's just right. about the voice; it's about the character. And and honestly, I loved watching him sing Billie Jean. Because that's what you do in the locker room, too, with the buddies. You're being a bunch of testosterone-fueled hams. I I, I tell you what, that's the one thing I miss about team sports is actually being a part of the team. And that's the thing that you remember. Like, I you know, played football. I played baseball. I played basketball. I I played a lot of sports. But the one thing that I don't remember is a lot of the stuff that happened during games. It was almost meaningless. I do remember some of the bus rides. Yeah, I remember some of the bus rides. Yeah, yeah also, uh, you know, and, but they used to do that in football. I, I don't know, you know, and, and Lon, they, they probably did this to you. So you would get hit so hard that you would have to take a playoff. And I remember, like, getting hit so hard that all I would hear is just a doo in your head. And they would call it a slobber knocker. Like, you would actually be drooling and snot would come down to hit the ground. And so they would take you out for a play. And you're on the sideline and the coach goes, okay, what day is it? Where are you at? And you would answer those questions. He's like, good enough. Get back in there. And off you go. And you're running back in. And it's like, son of a I mean, I can't believe the brain cells that coaches were killing back in the day. 
What was that varsity blues scene where they're like, hey, Jim Bob, how many fingers? And then yeah. they go, you know you can't ask him that. Right. That's true or false. Did he just hold up fingers? <laughs> but no, straight up. I mean, I was, I remember it was opening game. It was like our week two. We were playing Mount Horeb. And I was out there. We were all varsity. But coach, we got a new coach, and he wanted to put in all of his players who were like sophomores and under because he wanted to build the team up from that. He didn't want to mess with us because we're on our way out. So I look around, and I'm like, why is it like me, three other seniors, and the rest are undergraduates? So me and, like, three other guys are busting ass to the ball, and we're just getting tossed around. And first series, I come off, and I'm just profusely projectile vomiting right into the into the trash bin. I was, And I'm just getting hammered in the head. I knew it started getting bad when I sat down, and the coach is pulling out his, his whiteboard. And he's like, all right, go over the blocking schemes with me. And I start telling him, as the defensive tackle slash nose guard, that I'm being blocked by the tight end. (laughs) (laughs) And he goes, what? And I was so hell-bent on telling him, no, the tight end is coming down and blocking me. But I'm the nose guard and the defensive. There's no way. (laughs) But in my head at the time, I'm like, no, that's what's happening. You can get scrambled, man. Here's the thing. And and so watching Hard Knocks, at the beginning, like, there's a bunch of guys that are complaining that training camp is so hard. Oh, training camp's hard. And, And they try to sell you on the fact that training camp is hard. And I'm thinking to myself, what the freak is this? Because we even had in high school. Now, this goes back a ways for me in high school. But we did two a days. All right, two a days that we would start in August, all right, and it was hot as all hell, but you would have two long practices every day with like a lunch break in between. And no matter how hot it was, we had to wait for water till the end of practice. That's when you got water. You weren't even allowed to drink water during practice, which now they would never do because people die from that kind of crazy, you know, I mean, it's it's stupid. But we would have to wait for water till the end of practice. After you ran wind sprints and cross towns and after running long distances, then you got water um, after practice. And you had to drink it out of a hose. They would have like this hose thing that would go to this apparatus, like this metal thing that would shoot out like 10 different streams of water. And you had to put like your face and mouth into it to try and get some freaking water out, you know, this is what we were drinking. This was football. Now that was tough. Two a days were tough, and we never we didn't have like oh we're not going pads today or something like that. It was always pads. It was always full contact. What are you talking about? And these NFL guys are trying to tell me that training camp is tough with their ninety minute practice with no pads on. Get out of here with that. I don't want to hear it. <laughs> I think really that's just for like people who are viewing and have never played it because you, even in high school. You just get yeah. used to it. it, it Two days. I mean, I remember, that's where I first got my first taste of hard knocks. Was I'd get up at five before going to opening two days, and I'd watch hard knocks. Yeah, I'm getting and it wasn't two days for that. like two days. It was um, two days for two weeks. Yeah, I mean, it was the first two weeks of no, practice were all two days. It was nuts. And we used to do these things, and I, I forget what they call it, like an Alabama drill or something like that. They would stick us. They would. The Oklahoma, they would lay pads out on the ground. It was really thin and was basically just a couple guys running straight at each other. And, you know, you were trying to tackle a guy carrying the ball while you're being blocked. And you you guys would all just smash into each other. And and that was the drill that I mean, they they don't even do stuff like that anymore. I mean, and I want to you're going to tell me the training camp is hard. Get out of here with that crap. I'm not listening to that. I mean, and that was. Exactly. That was the interesting part for me was I was 
when I was playing football, it was a transitional period from the culture of football because I had seen it coming and I started taking uh, appropriate steps into trying to, you know, as at least from a defensive tackle's perspective, become a much more healthy hybrid defensive tackle defensive end because those Vince Wilfork style defensive linemen are on their way out. They want exactly they did. Yeah, because and those guys I have so them. much character. But exactly sucks it, for you. It, it sucks because um yeah. there's so much stuff that, <laughs> Oh yeah, because doesn't you know, suck for me trying started, to block you. Yeah, I showed so. up to that's what when I showed up to it was night and day. I was training with uh, Coach Zebra who was uh he was just an amazing guy. He got me down to like a healthy three fifteen. I'm sprinting a five eight as a Jesus. sophomore, squatting like four ten. He was the man. He knew what he was doing. I show up and I'm like trim and I'm doing my business against like upperclassmen. It's awesome. The next season, Coach Zebra's gone, and now we got a whole new coaching staff. I roll. Dude, up. I am three fifty plus. That's a lot of Arby's. I am unhealthy. I am. That's, that's, a lot of- <laughs> that's a lot of men. Like. Special so uniform. Like, yeah. like that's what I'm saying. I, I, I'm saying to my coach, I'm like, yo, did my jersey shift? He's like, <laughs> no. So, so back back <laughs> to your Lions. Hold on a second because I want to I, I cut into this again rather than hearing all these Stoughton Mount Horeb stories that I'm sure that everybody is enthralled with here, Alon. But, um, you know, back to the Lions, back to hard knocks. Um, let, let, let me just say, and I, I got a couple other notes on it. One, Jamal Williams, the speech that he gave, the – Piss like a puppy, stay on the porch speech, I thought was better than any speech that Dan Campbell gave. And, and Dan Campbell, because he goes off into these tangents, like he's going off on these all these non sequiturs and stuff. So I love the Jamal um, Williams speech and the stuff between Deuce Staley and Aaron Glenn going back and forth to each other. And then Deuce Staley also saying that guys have to grow up and be able to say, I love you to each other, I thought was also excellent stuff. So that stuff I was buying into more than Dan Campbell's knee biting and, you know, freight train coming and Metallica references and all of that. I definitely, and I think that part of it, and I definitely got the vibe from Jamal Williams as well as Deuce Staley and Aaron Glenn. Those are all yeah. so true and so real. I mean, because we we platooned. We the offense versus defense is just straight. It's true. It, it gets that competitive. And so when that I that was saw pretty those cool. Doing that, I'm like, so let's yeah, so, so let's talk about uh, about your lines. Okay, so you guys and, won three games last year. All right, uh, the yes. Bears won two games against the Lions. The Packers won two games against the Lions. All right, uh, the Vikings can't brag on that because they're the Vikings, and the Vikings are going to do what the Vikings do. <laughs> so we have that's why they're they're not involved in this conversation in our nfc north preview so okay so lon tell me about the lions this year jared goff rolling in as your quarterback um how are you feeling about the detroit lions are they improving i'm, I'm guessing they're improving on 313 and one right definitely oh definitely um the one thing i was actually really happy to see is the Lions actually did a semi-responsible draft. Because normally, given Lions history, (laughs) even going back to the 90s, they love going for the hottest ticket. When you've got journeyman Dave Craig taking you deep into the playoffs, but we need Rodney Pete. Then to freak Rodney Pete out, we need to get Andre. They've always had a history of getting the next hot thing, which is always blown up in their face for the most part, unless they luck out and get a Hall of Fame. (laughs) Um, God forbid. But I, I like seeing the 
that they're actively building the defense. I think that a good Detroit Lions, at least Super Bowl winning team, is not going to be built on superstar offense. It's going to be on that Detroit defense from the Pistons to Scotty Bowman and the Red Wings with Mr. I. I mean, Detroit's always had an amazing, impeccable defense that is more about Trammell and Lou Whitaker from the the old Tigers days, known for their defense up the middle. Absolutely. So, okay. All right. I'm I'm buying a lot of that. I'm not sold. I I think that the biggest problem that the Lions have is the problems that the Lions have always had. Getting over that culture that they have of losing is really hard to do. It is hard to pull out of it. Once you get losing in your blood, it's really hard to pull away from that. And I think it's always been the problem with the Lions is how do you change that culture? How do you get over it? No matter how talented some of their teams have been, and Barry Sanders might be the most talented running back ever, and Calvin Johnson might be the most talented wide receiver ever. And Matthew Stafford obviously is a pretty damn good quarterback. So there have been there's been talent that's passed through Detroit. And you brought up and, and Dominican Sue, but man, that culture is really really hard to overcome and it's such a rabbit hole all, all of it because it's you got to go through the history of it because there's like you said there's just a history of the culture being that bad and honestly lions fans will either scoff or all their it's true. slightly shake their head because it's true it's but true it's the ford family yeah. they have mm. always they just their knowledge of football has always been let's get the next hottest thing and when you're telling a coach like Wayne Fonts, yo, get this, and your job isn't always secure for next season. Absolutely, you're already going in there shaky. Like they have never, they never stick to a bit. Like that's what really cashed in Calvin Johnson was he already was kind of on the fence, and then, in my opinion, too, mm-hmm. they Caldwell, Caldwell was good. Caldwell. Caldwell was a good coach and for them. He's yeah, always and he good. was bringing a winning culture, and then they got rid of him. And that made no sense at all for Matt Patricia, who was just more of the freaking same. I mean, just more of the same crap for the Lions. Uh, and I think the Roosters are coming home to yep. throw when it comes to the Belichick coaches because, you know, you're thinking like, oh, that Patriots defense was stacked. Yeah, but – Right. Belichick is also the absolutely GM Giants. Team. Yeah, Giants Belichick is is a different breed, and, the, and when they think they're getting Belichick by hiring guys like Matt Patricia or Romeo Cornell, or they're 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 just not. It's it's <laughs> not Belichick. So okay, so the Lions, um, looking at them record wise, what do you got them going this year, Lana? The Lions making the playoffs. Um, I don't. I'm going to be real here. You're correct. I don't see them making the playoffs, but I see them contending. <laughs> I see them definitely get, I definitely see yes. them giving a few winning teams a run for their money. And it's going to be an astronomical difference between last year and this year. And it's going to be one of those where, okay, but next season, depending on how they do in the draft, I think the Lions are going to be 100% better be than last year, which gives them six wins on the season. Um, that is a – it's a big upgrade. If you think about it, you're 100% better than the year you were before. That's a pretty big jump, and I think the Lions are, are poised to do that, but I'm not sure they're going to be much better than that. I think Jared Goff is not good. I'm – and honestly, everybody was like, oh, cheer up, Lon. Yeah, Matt's gone. Yeah, he's not but, good. you know – you got Jared Goff, yeah. and I'm sitting here like, what a See, smack I, in the face. He has gotten a lot of crap, but I, I don't think he's, he's as bad as people He's not great. Say. He's not great. Yeah, he's definitely don't like not that great. Mistake. He's not that's, Matt Stafford. Uh, that's, that's for sure. Okay, speaking of quarterbacks that are great, though, Eric Rodgers is spoiled with quarterbacks that are great. Um, not the one that was mentioned. Not the one that was 
Hey, he my quarterback's tripping on LSD, and he's still winning games. You know, Lon mentioned one of the former Packer quarterbacks who's number two in Detroit, Tim Boyle, um, who is not one of the great quarterbacks. But Aaron Rodgers definitely is, as weird as he is, as, as a strange of a fellow as Aaron Rodgers is, he is a damn friggin' good quarterback, and your team should be pretty good this year. I think that's a Super Bowl contending team. What say you, Eric Rodgers? Uh, I think for sake of time on that, yeah, I'd have to say, I'd have to agree that's that's probably the case where they're at. You know, you lose Devontae Adams, so maybe you lose one additional game this year. That's still so awesome. 12, yeah. 13 wins. Uh, with, yeah, with, I know, right? Yeah, no, still, that's still <laughs> great. Lon and I are like, to, to get to the dance. So <laughs> certainly not Poor sad Packer. about that. <laughs> yeah. I know. Yeah. Oh, what a terrible oh, season. No, I mean, just wins. awful. <laughs> that's That's what the Packers are dealing with. Hey, certainly got certainly got some questions. Uh, you know, uh, who's going to be the? You know, what do you have for depth at pass rusher? You know, Darnell Savage goes down Good last point, week. Yeah. Uh, you know, with a hamstring. So what's you know secondary? What does that look like? Yeah, and obviously I, who I, I do number think one receivers. Yeah, so, I, I think that's a damn um, big, good bunch. I like Lafleur as as coach. Um, I think that that's a team that's going to win the North. Um, I think they're going to win it going away. I don't think there's really a contender for it. Some people are higher in the Vikings than I am. I, you know, I like the offense. I like the Vikings receivers. But when Kirk Cousins is your quarterback, you're kind of limited about how far you can go. And I'm still nowhere near sold on the Viking defense. Dude, yeah, the yeah. dude, he's, he's <laughs> cursed, man. Didn't he, like, didn't he get memed for like a week because he did the whole, you like that after a Red Wind's? Redskins game. Yeah, screw, like, screw oh, Kirk Cousins. Man, awesome. Yeah, so I, Sorry, I'm, I'm not sold on that anymore. <laughs> yeah, they're not no, the. Right. Yeah, they're Why the Commanders now. Commanders. Yeah, you know, it's kind of like saying Guardians commanders. in Cleveland. Hi, hi, our Cleveland people. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I like I the football do. team. I think better. the Washington football team's cooler than the Commanders. I, I think that's right. So okay, so so the Packers yeah. are going to be good. I think they're going to be um, really good. I yeah. think 12, 13 wins is like their floor. I do have some better news for um, for for Lon and his Detroit Lions. Maybe this will make you feel a little bit better. And this is me more kind of picking on a different team. And I'm sorry for our listeners and viewers in Dallas, but I saw this meme and I just like it, I saw this literally this morning, so I had to share it. So it was more of like a, you know, hey, when I'm bored, I'll go to the Cowboys page and comment, hey, n- nice four playoff wins in the last 20 years, and then force yeah. them to correct me and say, actually, it's only two. <laughs> Gotta love it. Yeah, that throws them in with the Lions and throws them in with my Bears, who have been. Been, uh, super crappy for a long time. You know, Lion or, or Lon's been talking about the fact of their owners and, and Henry Clay Ford and the, and the Ford family. The McCaskies are just as bad. Um, the, the McCaskies, basically, the reason why they have the team, uh, Virginia McCaskey was born Virginia Hallis. She is uh, Papa Bear's daughter. She's like 98 or 99 years old. She married the McCaskies, and the McCaskies have been awful for football in Chicago. Their family runs it like crap. I do think that the Bears are on the right path with the coaching staff that they got. I really like Luke Getze, who they got from the Packers to be their offensive coordinator. And I do think, actually, that Justin Fields is going to be the real deal. But it ain't going to be ain't gonna be this year. I think he's going to take some strides forward. But I think the Bears are right. hovering where the Lions are hovering, around that six, seven, or eight win mark. And that's that's kind of like a topping off point um, where, where they're at. I think the Bears are going to be a little bit better than people are giving him credit for um, because I do think Justin Fields is actually um, going to be the actual real deal. But I think it's going to be tough here. 
They yes. need to stop yes, losing games that they're yeah. in. So I think, the I, I like, don't they're think they're right it's going to be as bleak, but I do think the Bears are going to get past this year in the all-time win category by the Green Bay Packers who are going to take over the most regular season wins in NFL franchise history. And you can get rid of that shit-eating grin on your face there, Mr. Rogers. Um, you know. <laughs> Hey, I do have to thank I do have to thank the Bears yeah, for keeping yeah, the Packers it's, it's around because that was the, back in the day that was the right the Packers were like they did yeah in need they of had money to go to the Bears the Bears kept the franchise afloat much know? to their chagrin um, at this point and so anyways that's a bit of our our NFC North preview <laughs> I think next week what we'll do we're going to expand it a little bit talk a little bit more football and get some more range in here and I'm thinking we we're going to have to get somebody from Cleveland up in here and uh, I don't know what kind of sports they play in Thailand but we have a following in Thailand believe it or not there are there are so outside of the United States Hell the yeah. country that follows us the most is Thailand there's a dedicated six listeners in Thailand that download our podcast every single day and listen to the podcast. I don't know how to say hi in Thai. I'm guessing that they understand English and it's why they're listening to the podcast. So hello to Bangkok um, and everybody else that is following us in Thailand. That is good stuff. By the way, Lon, thank you so much. You're going to sit around for the new segment with us. That is coming up next. All right, time to tell you about Veg Reg. Yeah, VegReg.com helps you find plant-based restaurants and businesses in just one click. And if you are a vegan-friendly business, they can help you get found. If you're searching for healthy, cruelty-free meal options in your local area, Veg Reg is the perfect solution. Another great thing about Veg Reg, they have recipes. And when I say recipes, I mean real recipes. A bacon lover's BLT. Cookie Dough Protein Bites, Penne Arrabbiata, now that's the entree and not the character from The Sopranos, and even a vanilla bean, that's vanilla bean, he said, cheesecake, and they are all plant-based. You can also find Spotlight Vegan Businesses and more when you click on over to VegReg.com. I would say tell them that Rich sent you, but you know, it's a website and no one would hear you. That's VegReg.com. Welcome to Shilor Select. The whole system will be ready in a few minutes. Take your seat and enjoy. Everyone has a story that's built on thousands of hows, whys, and whats. Join myself, Chris Sheeler, as I dive into how people live their lives, why they do what they do, and what goes through their mind while they do it. If you love learning and what makes people tick, my podcast, Sheeler Select, has you covered. New episodes every Monday. Find it on YouTube, Spotify, Apple, or just anywhere you get a podcast. She's a mom with vegetables. She's so delectable. The cows and pigs, she set them free. Can't you see? She's a hot chickpea. Veggie stew, just for you. Sit on down, there's these or two. Thanks to the great Harissimo for the awesome drop-in as always. And now, speaking of dropping in, 
We got Lontremaine Woodcock sitting in on the news as we hand it over to our resident news maven, one Sarah Carlson. Sarah, take it away. Hello, everybody. So first in the news today, a positive story with a new electric truck fleet out there. Okay. Electric trucks. Beyond Meat is now even more sustainable than beef again. Now we all know the science behind why plant-based meat is more sustainable and so on and so forth, but they're making this partnership Beyond Meat with Einride. I don't know if I'm pronouncing it correctly. I looked it up and couldn't find it, but it doesn't matter. E-I-N-R-I-D-E. Are they They'll German? Have I think it's like a German company, right? Yeah. I, I think so too. Yeah. Some of the things yep. that they've done yep. in, in Europe, but so Beyond Meat is out of California. As we know, a lot of things are things we talk about. They're partnering with this freight technology called Einride, working with all sorts of brands to reduce emissions, to optimize shipping. So Heavy freight contributes to 7% of CO2 emissions globally. I don't know if that was part of our quiz earlier. It wasn't, but it was, it was somewhere in there. 13% was okay. all transportation. Yeah. Either way, this can have a huge impact. Now, they're starting only with five, but eventually they're having their entire fleet go that way. Um, so a little makes a big difference, and the entire company changing that way is huge. So... Also have to give credit to Oatly, another vegan brand for going electric. Einride was actually founded back in 2016, and they have been doing this. Now, I think that is happening in Europe um, as well on a much quicker uh, basis. So we, we need to catch up and get going with these um, uh, electric trucks. Can you imagine? The Europeans are cool. way ahead of us on all of this yeah. uh, stuff. They even have like electric like delivery vehicles for their mail. Um, they're yep. way more vegan. In fact, it, it's kind of funny. Over 40% of British people now consider themselves to be at least partially vegan, whatever the hell partially means. But um, they <laughs> sometimes eat, do. Yeah, you know, um, they're, they're, they're at a much higher level because even uh, my wife and daughter were over in Portugal last year and in Poland. There are so many vegan restaurants and vegan food trucks. It kind of puts us to shame. And there's tons 40%, of... 40%, that's... Yeah, that's I mean, it's level. growing by leaps and bounds. It, it, it really is. And they got more vegan fast food places. It's kind of like California, but it's all over Europe. So California has all those options. We have like none of those options i would love to see well, some of that here see, yeah you'll see in my next story i think that the government has to back this a lot more so that's why a lot of people here don't feel like they have those options it can be more expensive right so how do you buy more vegan food i digress this is another article from veg news uh, one of our sources talking about the increasing evidence that animals feel pain in a similar way that humans. Yeah, do. there's a lot more We've of these studies coming before. out. Yeah, and they're because they're they're now oh, able gosh. to like isolate brain waves and stuff like that of the actual yeah. animals, and so no this this it, new technology is kind of scary. Okay, you're you're. I mean, if anybody's listening or watching right now, please stop if it's if it's lunchtime or whatever, <laughs> or put put it on pause. Uh, you, we don't you tell people listening. to stop listening, Sarah. You're meant, you've been broadcasting a long pause. time. They're going to want to see or hear, hear now. So now we know animals can't talk to us. And by the way, I was reading this when my dog was next to me in, in bed. It just made me so sad. So they are capable of all sort of communication, like happiness, trust, fear, and pain. They just can't say it, okay? There are welfare laws in other parts of the world, and a little bit here protecting animals from needless suffering, but they are 
showing in studies that their pain is very similar to how ours work. So we can give our pet cats and dogs and other pets anesthesia before surgery, but what about other things? So listen to this. Hens, they have their beaks trimmed. Turkeys' toes are trimmed. Piglets is the worst one that I read about. I'm sure there are worse things that happen. Piglets born into the pork industry have their tail docked, docked yeah. their teeth pulled out, their ears notched, and then the males are castrated. No anesthesia, just this is oh, what we wow. have to do because this is the industry. If you watch movies, yeah, there's a movie called Ugh. Earthlings, um, and there's other documentaries like that, and they show it, and it is friggin' brutal what they do to these animals. The reasons why they do it is so the pigs will be in such tight quarters or the chickens are in such tight quarters yeah. and, and they don't want them to fight each other and kill each other before they're fully grown yeah. and can be, you know, slaughtered for us to eat. And so that's why they do those things. So they usually bite at tails, the pigs, but all these animals start going crazy too, because they're on top of each other and they're not used right. to being in situations like that. And you should, I mean, the, the conditions will make you cry that, Exactly. That anything and can be I, done like that. And I'm reading about it and it said 87% of people, and that's everybody surveyed in our country, think, oh, they should have anesthesia. I'll, I'll still eat my pork. That's not me, but meat eaters even would like it. But it's so, so complicated. It gets down to the FDA having to approve such a thing. And then if the FDA approved such a thing, I was looking into this, um, a veterinarian would have to oversee it or veterinarians because it would be so huge in terms of the space. And then that veterinarian or veterinarians could be held liable if something goes wrong. So, so there are tons and tons of <laughs> pigs in a factory farm. 99% of the pigs come from these big factory farms. Absolutely. And and they're kept oh. in Well, pens. you know, it wasn't yeah. even... Yeah, well, like it wasn't even until like the early 80s that they started using anesthesia on human babies because they thought they didn't feel pain. So it's like that's yeah crazy to think how far that's gone. And, and we've know? already talked about in the dairy industry, the rape rack. And I, I mean, the stuff that goes on is, is absolutely disgusting. And, and here was the thing. It was a big deal a few months ago. They just opened up an octopus farm in Spain. Now, one thing that if you've ever studied or read about octopi um, is that they are friggin' brilliant. Um, they use they, they know how to use tools to make tools to get food. All right. So they're they're that smart and they're that sentient. They can get out of almost anything that you try to put them in as far as captivity. I mean, they're super smart. They watch um, humans. They watch all kinds of activity of other animals. And so it's illegal in England and other countries to kill octopi. But in Spain, it's not, and they love to eat them. And I used to eat them. The Italians actually make a great octopus salad, and um, I used to love to eat it. I didn't give up octopus salad because I didn't like the taste of it. Uh, but one of the things is is that they now have an octopus farm in Spain um, where they are growing and killing octopi for food. And it's really sad when you think about it and the fact that these animals, because they're actually finding out now, fish have feelings and suffer pain because most people felt that fish didn't that they had like a three second memory and i think that's all made up because if you have a goldfish at home you don't want to think 
that it has a long memory and all it's thinking of is I hate being trapped in this freaking bowl. Um, you don't want that. So you, you just tell yourself, well, it's only got a three second memory, three seconds from now it's, it forgot all about it. And it's like, Oh, why am I in this bowl? And three seconds later, it's why am I in this bowl? And you know, it doesn't remember, keep asking itself that, that question, but, um, it turns out they do have memories and they do have feelings and it's all really kind of weird. If you think about it, that we're just slaughtering them. Exactly. And, 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 and it's it, needless. It's, it's really needless. I mean, if we were, like eagles and you had to eat meat i would say okay man like let's slaughter them you know we we got to eat meat to stay alive but seeing as we don't need to eat meat to stay alive it seems just kind of i don't know sadistic gross it does and you're talking about the goldfish which is a perfect uh way for me to t- move into the next All right story. i didn't even know that we look at that what a what a lucky segue well, i know <laughs> set up for me perfectly so we talk a lot about going vegan on this show but how about our dogs So uh, this is another article I found that can my dog be vegan? And they are selling dog food. This company called Wild Earth. Um, This vegan food maker is determined to get us dog lovers to buy Wild Earth food and trying to get more people to understand why this conventional Mm. food needs to change. Now, John and I have known for a long time that certain dog foods have really gross stuff in it. But then you think, but what does my new dog food have? So we start, let's start with the fact that most dog food, kibble or whatever you want to call it, relies on meat. Now that's trouble for the environment. Roadkill, um, isn't it? Don't they still use roadkill? Well, okay, this is where we're going to go. It uses really, really nasty ingredients. There's so much to choose from too. But, you know, one says this is healthier for your pet for this reason. Another one says it's using all natural chicken. And what does all natural mean? So according to the American Association of Feed Control, this is what is controlling this, allowing pet foods to contain what's called, quote, meat meal. Um, Another one where you (laughs) might want to not be putting a sandwich in your mouth. It's rendered product from mammal tissues legally. So that can can include, as you mentioned, blood and organs. lips and assholes, right? Isn't that like like hot dogs and And I forgot to mention the butt buttholes and um, (laughs) hair Say it, Sarah. Say say assholes. Say it. Assholes. Hair. She sounds. She hide. sounds like the kid from like Meet the Fockers, you know. Just- oh please! If you don't think I use that word, it's just something about. I was in. I, I was in TV news all those Ask years. Her I yep. didn't get to say the word on air. Anyway, it's also got horns and beaks. So now, mm, yum. pet food made with human-grade ingredients has become more and more popular. People are you don't say. Yeah, but, but here's the thing, though. Okay, a dog will eat lips and assholes and beaks and horns because they're designed to eat lips and assholes and beaks and horns. That's what dogs do. I know. And this company, this company, Wild Earth, is suggesting that Dogs don't have to. Dogs will eat garbage. Dogs eat cat crap out of the litter box. Uh, Dogs will eat anything. (laughs) All right? Because that's that's what dogs are designed to do. Listen to this. But they do, there is some argument about why it's part of, we're, I'm sorry, pet food, uh, people who buy pet food are contributing to the problem would be the okay. argument. That oh, I guess we shouldn't have that then. <laughs> I, 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 I knew that. it would yeah. be a good argument here. <laughs> I knew I knew it would be a good argument here, but I can tell you that an 18, I went online, an 18-pound bag of their 
dog food. And I don't want to smash them because they're trying to do a good job for the environment. But an 18-pound bag is $90. Oh, my goodness. No, um, no, 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 no. Let's just Get say. Out of here. Yeah, yeah. Let's just say that my Emma, we love her. She has a little tummy problem. We pay a lot less. We don't, right. you know, we're using Our dog is like 16 dogs. years old. He mostly ate Purina the whole time, which, by the way, is is lots wow. of lips and assholes and I think newspaper in there um, as well. I mean, yeah. sawdust and whatever the hell else they threw in. And he was fine until... Yeah. Got to get a daily news. <laughs> He's got to get his roughage in, man. Until until <laughs> recently, you know, we, we've kind of gone to like the older dog formula with, you know, more uh, vitamins and minerals in it. And he's responded pretty damn well um, to it. But um, so we've gone to a little bit more expensive food. But they're dogs. Dogs eat roadkill. Dogs will eat whatever. Are they not carnivores? Dogs are too, omnivores. Though? Dogs will it, eat anything. They're oh, omnivores. Yeah. Dogs are they omnivores. And, right. so, and, and, and there's a difference and between what... like a, my cat. My cat is a carnivore. My cat's body is designed to eat meat and meat alone. His brain doesn't run on glucose like ours does, okay? Or an omnivore brain can partially run on glucose but also run on animal products, all right? Our brains are not designed to run on animal products. Our bodies are not designed to run on animal products. Our bodies, our teeth, our alkalinity in our bodies, all of that kind of stuff, and our intestinal tracts are long, all of that because it's to absorb all of the nutrients and fibers that's supposed to be in our food, not meat. Meat rots in there. Meat then will give you all kinds of problems when it's in your colon and in your intestines. And so we're not designed for it. Dogs are designed to eat lips and assholes. They really are. It's okay, I think, to feed your dog roadkill. Some people they eat lips do. and assholes, too. Have I... you ever eaten at Arby's? Come <laughs> on, man. Lon knows what I'm talking about. Oh, I was meaning I'm quite not, literally. I'm not going you know. to stop feeding Allegedly. my baby girl the meat. But I'll tell you, <laughs> about eating the argument the is they're using parts of the meat that we yes. aren't. So, so perhaps we can teach her to whatever I, we could argue all day about it, but I don't want to f- f- um, miss out on my chance to talk about my favorite celebrity. Okay. Beyonce. All right. Let's, let's, let's talk. All her. Right. We're we totally always, changing we love, this stuff. I love Beyonce. I do. I just, yeah, we, we change. This she's is our amazing. celebrity news. She's, she's a vegan. Of course she is. Cause she's amazing. And she is the queen. She is. Um, so she ditched, she's got a lot of history with veganism and I can read about that if you'd like me to, but the newest thing that just came out, she ditched her Birkin bag, which is made by, and I'm going to have to look down now. Um, the, uh, Hermes, the, uh, um, what am I trying to I don't to know. What is, what is a Birkin this bag? This is expensive stuff. What that... What'd you say? These are expensive. Is that like a Birkenstock, but a bag? Hermes. Okay. Okay. Um, uh, I'm sure you know what this is. For It's a leather tote, and I'll tell you what it's made of in a moment. Fans are watching and following and ditching as well. She ends her new album, just came out with this new album, Renaissance, which is a 16-song masterpiece, and I've heard some of it, and she's damn good. And with the statement, she ends it, quote, This Telfar bag imported, Bergen's them shits in storage. I'm in my All bag. Right. So she's like getting rid of designer was the word I okay. couldn't come up with. Jeez, Sarah. Okay. So anyway, it's important to know the Birkin bags can run for up to three hundred thousand oh dollars. So let's just goodness. say, let's just say for Beyonce, that's just change yeah. in her pocket. Weren't too many people out there with She's it in, in her the bag. first place. It, small change for her, but a lot of people wanting to be like her. And perhaps there was one for thousands that they would try to get. Now, the most expensive in the fashion industry made by Hermes. I can never pronounce that one right. And that's because I don't do that. 
Now, they're also made from animal skins. Get this, ostrich, snake, and crocodile. Not animal-friendly. PETA has called them out. They found widespread abuse at one of these Birkin bag-making factories, finding um, crocodile suppliers, animals confined to small spaces, having their necks sliced open and wires inserted into their spines. Okay, ew. Now let's go to the happy, 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 happy Ooh. place. Telfar is a bag made out of animal-free vegan leather. So it'll look like leather. And Beyonce's loving it. Um, founded in NYC and uh, based just in 2005. So they're probably very, very happy right now. I don't know if they're going to be able to keep up with demand. The issue is the shopping bag, this tote is kind of cute. Um, it runs between $150 and $250 depending on the size. So... Beyonce's no, not going to no, go. No, she's not. But, but there are like um, vegan leather items now that are being made out of mushrooms. Yeah. And there's vegan leather that is made out of hemp. Hmm. Um, so the cool thing is with both of those things hmm. is if, you know, once you're done using them as the item, then you can either do some shrooms or smoke them up. And, um, you know, they, they work two ways. So beautiful. Uh, but no, there, there's a lot more vegan leather that's out there. My car actually is made of a vegan, like like all the upholstery is vegan leather um, that's in there. And uh, I actually huh. bought the car before I went vegan. It was just kind of uh, by happenstance that I got lucky that it was all vegan leather in there. But it's clearly not a BMW then, where you have to subscribe. No, to no, it's not a BMW. Work. So, but it's uh, it is a Lexus, but it's one of those little Lexuses that nobody knows mm -hmm. is a Lexus kind of a Lexus. Yeah. Um, and it's like a Prius in disguise, but they use vegan leather. And that's now, I think, becoming like the brand standard for Lexus. And it's going to become more and more for a lot of companies as um, if you've ever seen what happens with leather. And I know we've, we've gone through some dark things here on the news, um, but yeah, leather, Sorry. almost all of it comes from India and almost all of it, um, they like trick the. So in India, the cows are sacred. That's where you get the term sacred cow in Hinduism. You know, they don't kill cows. They actually worship cows. And so, but they'll trick the farmers of these cows or like the people that are not really farming them, but the, these people that have cows as pets and cows that they um, are holding on to, they will trick them and buy the cows from them, telling them they're going to put them in a cow sanctuary. Meanwhile, they're using them for leather. And what they put these cows through, they put them through these forced marches and then they put them into these trucks where they're super cramped. A lot of the cows don't even make the trip back to the leather factory because the conditions are so bad. And then once they get to the leather factory, I'm not going to tell you what happens there, but it's just not pretty. The whole process is really, really gross. But anyways, yeah. Well, then instead, let's let's end it on a go by a That's Teflar, Teflar bag. bag. There you go. <laughs> make yourself smile. All right. It's cool. Beyonce likes it. I'm going to go Before we do end this, I got to give the online. scores then for our game, okay, because it came out oh, yeah. pretty damn close. Sarah was way off today. In fact, Sarah, your score of 197 is really not good. So uh, that was bad. But I tell you what, Sarah, it wasn't as bad as Eric's score of 224. So Sarah has taken <laughs> a 2-0 all-time lead <laughs> over Mr. Rogers, the winner <laughs> of our game today. So, hey, great job by everyone today. I appreciate it. We were lucky to have Lontremaine Woodcock sit in as well. And when you see him on our YouTube channel and what he is wearing, you are going to love it, especially if you root for the Honolulu Blue. I don't know how many in our audience do. I do know a lot of our audience, believe it or not, 
not, roots for the Cleveland Browns. We have the biggest, out of all of our fans, we have the <laughs> most concentration in Cleveland, Ohio. So go Browns. Go Cleveland. I don't know what their actual... Yeah, I don't know what their what their cheer is. Good luck with uh, Jacoby Brissett as your quarterback, or maybe Jimmy G. You know, um, and maybe we'll see Deshaun Watson sometime in the next decade. So, uh, great job by everybody. Have yourself an awesome weekend, and we will see you next time. Bye bye.